0: I I actually had, I'm not even going to bother with any superlatives this week, I actually had a very nice, very nice intro written up for the Union, and here I was thinking that this was the week, this was the week that it was all finally coming together, that this would be the greatest week in the history of the Philadelphia Union, because they defeat Seattle, they end that big winning streak, they defeat Sporting Kansas City with what was essentially their B team, and then they had a chance at a cup final to win in Houston, and it went completely south. So this is the American Soccer Show. But for the moment, it's the Philadelphia Union Show. Or at least it was until they lost. And now they're back to being scraps on the table, relatively speaking.
1: Amit, are you okay? I guess I should ask. Three cup final losses in what? This is their seventh seventh season? Eighth season? So, you know, that's impressive. They are now the team that has lost the most U.S. Open cup finals. This is the third oldest competition in, f- in football, behind the Scottish <laughs> FA Cup and the English FA Cup to, to like 1905 or something, and they have already have a record, so that's not bad. Um, honestly, I kind of saw it coming, right? But we'll get more to that later. Um, I stayed up until 4 a.m. to watch that. Uh, that was probably the Never worst Never question
0: part. this man's dedication.
1: Yeah. it's Never
0: question the dedication. Man, I, I'm telling you, at halftime, I think I probably just would have given up.
1: Well, because they were playing so well.
0: This is true. They did play the better game. It just never happened for them.
1: Well, I mean, but yeah, yeah. The, the finishing was dreadful. Um a couple pretty bad defensive plays. And for Houston, they were just clinical like everything they did offensively uh snapped and honestly that's it's a really strong offense. So if you give them that kind of space in the counter, you're in trouble. Um Yeah, they they were strong offensively. Um, I thought they could have run it back. Even at 3 nothing, I was like, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. And it was the 90th minute. I was like, well, all right, I'm going to bed. Um, <laughs> but congrats to Houston. I mean, I would have hoped they could have had filled the stadium a bit more. That was a little disappointing. That was uh,
0: – Oh, man. That that was not a good look. I, I don't – I know – look, I know it's a Wednesday. I know – it's always the same, right? It's always the weather. It's always – it's always the, the marketing. Because, you know, Houston fans will tell me all the time that – there's there the team has very little presence down down there in Houston remember the time we talked to Lauren and she was like who
1: yeah it, so they really don't do very well in that regard which stinks <sighs> uh, especially for it's a nice stadium
0: final. it's not a bad team but it's it's it really was just not a good sign for this thing because like and, and look maybe it should be held on a weekend good luck figuring out the scheduling on that but let's say we make it work I'm sure we could I I I don't know. It's it's frustrating. Honestly, it's frustrating. Like, the Philadelphia Union, their front office, I believe, they paid fans, right? They paid for fans to get down there.
1: I think they paid for and the tickets, but not the travel.
0: Okay. So, they pay for their tickets into the game. That's more than, you know, frankly, that happens most times. Yeah. So, uh, that's just such a big effort to me. And then, because, I mean, the Union aren't exactly swimming in money. No. So, uh, to pay for their fans to get down there, uh, ticket-wise... That's a pretty big one for me. And to see them just not even I it wasn't even close, right? It wasn't like oh the upper deck had like a corner that just wasn't filled. Like, no, this 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 thing was this had, you could see seats everywhere. So it's frustrating. I think this competition still has a ways to go. And it's a shame because it's like you said, it's like the third oldest competition in the entire world and it means almost nothing to everyone involved.
1: It is a cup game, I know if the problem with these cup games is um, you know, neutrals don't really get involved. Uh, B teams come out, but well, this is a cup final, so none of the, all of that goes out the window. Uh, you, you know, chance for silverware in uh, you know a situation where it's not easy to win silverware. You really got to be the cream of the crop any given year, and this is a great opportunity for two teams who really probably aren't going to see any MLS cups or supporters' supporter shields in any time in the future. So. Um, At least it was nice to see Houston on the other side as a team kind of picking up themselves up, setting up a tactic. All right, we're going to sit back. We're going to counter. We're going to say, okay, let's let you four guys just sit up, and we're going to sit back and just launch it to you and let them deal with it, and they did.
0: It was such a promising start because the Union, they scored, right? They scored, but it's offside, and it was pretty obvious offside, but the ball comes back the other way, and that's when Houston get the first goal, and I mean – it kind of set the tone for the rest of the game, like you said, with their counterattacking.
1: Yeah, I mean, the both sides really set the tone of the union kind of thinking they had something, letting their foot off the gas for a second, and then getting punished. Uh, so it worked for Montreal, it worked for Houston. I have a feeling that any team that comes out uh, against Philadelphia will see those two games and say, okay, we know how we want to play. Unless, of course, you're in Atlanta or in New York Red Bulls and you think you can push the game to them. Um the rest of the season, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if that was the tactics we see. On the other side, uh, there's big news from USL. Rebranding and yeah, expanding. Uh, they have changed more to the English system uh, before they had USL D2 and D3. And now they have changed it to USL Championship, USL League 1, and USL League 2. Is this big news for American soccer or an ambitious marketing ploy?
0: Uh, it's big news I would say because, I mean, look, this is a clear attempt, in my opinion, to sort of – what's the word I'm looking for? I guess to to bring it all – I'm not sure where I'm going, but like bring it all together, right? This idea that, okay, Divisions 2 through 4, they're all under one roof now, and there is a path. There is a path, realistically, that you can take if you want to start off small and then work your way up. There is a realistic sort of building blocks going forward. Now, promotion relegation – that's something that I think could happen when you do yeah. something like this because, you know, USL now, everyone knows what they're buying into from this point forward, right? If you're not buying into the top tier, USL can kind of push it on you a little bit and say, well, maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you want to buy into Division Three instead. But in the future, you might have a chance to push your way up.
1: Uh, and I think that would be great for USL because they do have a um, new slogans for their different leagues. So, USL Championship. Called the pinnacle of competition, little bold being the second comp- second best soccer league in America, but we'll take it. League one, the foundation of professional soccer, and League two, the path to hashtag the path to pro. Actually, has a hashtag <laughs> in there.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: So um, it definitely that'll seems- age well. <laughs> I think they should. care. Anyway, uh, it's the League two is a U twenty three competition, so that's going to be basically a rebranded PDL. Um, And it seems like League One will be kind of their way of saying, oh, you want a team? You want a professional team? Start here. Uh, Unless you're a big market team, I think you have to have over 750,000 people in your city to go straight into the championship. So um, interesting. Interesting rebrand. And I I do think it'll be good for soccer, but it is mostly marketing from my perspective.
0: It is. Uh, look, I don't mind taking the structure from another country. I, at this point, I, we're all playing catch up. We know that. I I do. I do worry sometimes that sometimes we do things for the sake of somebody else already having done them. I the names are relatively meaningless earlier in the week i was a little more like oh come on this is so absurd but the more i think about it the more i realize they're just names yeah it's going to be kind of confusing if you don't know anything about english soccer to begin with because you're going to be like i don't get it why is league one the third division right it doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense but that's where we've gotten to but more importantly what do you call the usl championship game now
1: usl championship championship
0: I think that's a fantastic idea, and I look forward to them
1: calling it that. It's just genius, right there. USL Championship Finals. I don't know.
0: It's like it's <laughs> it's like when uh, it's like when Microsoft released the Xbox. What are you going to call the box that the Xbox comes in?
1: The Xbox box.
0: Yep, and it's still around. So clearly, it was a fantastic idea. And if we could have about a third of the success of the Xbox, I'd say MLS is in a great spot.
1: Yeah, well anyway, I think it's a good um, rebrand for USL, at least in just kind of getting attention to them, because I think unless there's too many American soccer fans who aren't engaged in the American system, but love the English system, so this is going to be a great way for them to kind of transition into it a little bit more smoothly, and understand the tiers.
0: I don't don't mind that. I don't mind uh, the lower divisions coming and doing things like, oh hey, look at us type things, because... that's that's their job they have to get noticed and any way necessary really so in that sense i'm all right with it
1: should we get into the mls action then
0: yeah i guess we'll probably get there uh, because this first one oh what a what a cracker of a game california derby lafc2 san jose earthquakes nil was not a good week for the earthquakes who actually had a 3-1 lead and this is a while ago now so apologize if anybody feels like we're beating the dead horse but they had a 3-1 lead over atlanta in the midweek, before a weird sequence that saw them score, go up 4-1, only for the goal to be waved off by VAR, because Atlanta actually drew a penalty before the goal had been scored. So Atlanta went from being down 4-1 to getting the penalty, going, you know, being down 3-2 with the penalty being scored, and it was a complete disaster for San Jose from there. So, take solace not if, a good week for them.
1: Take solace if you're a Union fan, that you'll, at this point, we are not San Jose. Same thing with Chicago Fire fans. You can always take solace, and there's always one team looking to eat out of the wooden spoon, and San Jose is leading from that. Uh, On the other side, two goals from Walker Zimmerman. Nice to see him stepping up in uh, Simon's absence and kind of leading the back line now.
0: There's some weird rumors going around that Walker Zimmerman could be on his way out. Unsettled. Heading to Israel? Yeah. I don't know. That seems like it's a... I got to say this. LAFC, I think they have to do everything they can to keep Walker around until the end of the season. I, I can't... I can't fathom the idea of losing both of your starting center backs mid-season. That doesn't that doesn't sit well with me.
1: Yeah, it would turn what was kind of set up to be a very promising uh, entry campaign, and that would kind of turn it into, I would say, a nightmare from a team that's was always attack-heavy. To be losing your the space we had the least amount of depth. Um,
0: and it would be our concern at the beginning of the season was what happens if something happens to their you know defenders, their top defenders, because there isn't a whole lot behind them. They did bring in Silva, but that was until that wasn't until after they'd already let go of Saman. And I don't have a problem, like I said, and we've talked about this before. I don't have a problem with players going and moving on for quote unquote greener pastures. Not that Israel is. Uh, I don't mean to discourage people moving to quote unquote Europe, but it, it to me, I think that's a step sideways at best, and. Uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me that LAFC. I I do think it's more of a league problem in some sense because I have seen fans say that we want to pay him. We just there's no league structure that allows us to pay him the money that he deserves, and that's fair. I, I do agree. I do think that in that sense it is fair for Walker Zimmerman to say I need
1: more money. And there have been a lot of reports recently. Uh, Tenorio putting out and Sam Skestel about um, the wage structure and how. There is no initiative from the MLS to keep their top players because the way it's uh, the system is structured, they just can't get um, they can't get big wage bills until they've been in the league for a while. It's just not you know it benefits the the leagues. I mean the teams before it benefits the the players. So I have no problem with a player saying, you know what, league, you don't want to you know keep me here. I'll go uh, you know make more money, greener pastures, all that. Uh, and hopefully push the league into trying to keep its star players because that really is what brings in the fans.
0: The thing that scares me the most about the, the Tenorio report is that MLS, is the, the, the office, the powers that be, are considering getting rid of the third DP spot. I, I For the longest time, I thought we were heading for the fourth DP spot, right? And now we're talking about getting rid of the third?
1: So it, I, That can't happen. It was very interesting because I can see the other side to it, that they would increase TAM. Um, so instead of having kind of three big level players, and one kind of second tier level players, you'd have two top level players, and three or so, you know, second tier. Uh, so you'd have your you know Almirón and your Barco making big money, uh, but could then you could you then afford a Martinez? No, you'd probably have to settle for a Nagby as a tam player, guys like that. So um, yeah, everything I've read about it is that it's a bad thing. Um, So we'll see if it does actually go through. Oh, man.
0: Well, well, I guess, yeah, you're right. We'll see. I I hope not. But uh, this league, sometimes you never know. The New York Red Bulls ended Toronto's season, at least in my opinion. They did uh, 2-0 victory at home uh I think this game about fits the description of a game that I would expect to see Toronto competitive but lack of quality in the final third ends up leaving the door open for the Red Bulls eventually break through thanks to Kaku and they never really looked back but I think the big story here forget Toronto I've, I've buried them many times now the big story out of this one Bradley Wright Phillips picks up a yellow card and because of yellow card accumulation everyone's favorite he will have to miss their next match, which is against Atlanta, probably the biggest game of the season for both teams to this point now, because it's probably a supporter shield decider. Massive. And he was not happy after the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to keep your cool. I don't exactly know what happened, um, but uh, it's, it's going to be a big loss for the Red Bulls who, I mean, that's kind of, they have seem to have depth they can always kind of say all right we'll put a young guy here we'll put a young guy here and it always seems to fit into place but bradley wright phillips man that's that's their guy that's their talisman
0: yeah and, and i mean in case for some context he was getting like he's getting like pulled near the sideline and so i'm guessing frustration throughout the entire game right because a player like him he gets he gets fouled more than he gets called for that's just the reality of the sport. So he apparently used some, and I, I'm going to say this is best, some not, not safe for work language towards assistant referee Brian Poschel who, which was enough apparently to land him in the book because the referee said to the media pool after the game that he used the f word too many times, for his liking, and so he decided to book him for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you gotta as a player, you got to keep your cool. Of course, on the field, it's never that easy. So it's always easier said than done, but. Um, he had to know the implications of the next match in the Supporters' Shield, getting home field advantage.
0: You're up two nothing too. It's not even one of those. You know, I would have understood him a little more if they'd been down two nothing and and they had been the ones on the attack the entire game and not being able to get anything right. I would have understood the frustration a little bit more there. But you're up two nothing. Yeah, you're getting pulled. Yes, you've gotten fouled the entire game. Yes, they haven't called any. But you got to let it go. And he's he's old enough to know that.
1: Yeah, I mean. I think it's just disappointing from a you know viewers' perspective that it
0: is because it does dampen the game a little bit because you know the Red Bulls are not at hundred percent. Does we know that they're probably one of the teams most equipped to deal with something like that, but we know they're not at a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, and that always kind of leaves that what if, which is one of the most annoying things in sports. Oh, what if we had this guy? What if, you know, what if we'd have a different ref? What if this was a foul? What if this wasn't? So, I still think it'll be a good game, but this definitely is massively. Giving the advantage to Atlanta.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of Atlanta, they won two 0 over RSL. Uh, sorry, but not sorry, everyone. I, I'm still not believing in RSL after this. I know it's. I know I didn't expect them to win, and I didn't expect them to do much. But uh, this is kind of what I'm talking about. That I think that there's just such a t- that Atlanta are kind of in a tier at their own at this point compared to a team like RSL. Uh, a lot of good for Atlanta in this one, to say the least. They get a win with 16 year old George Bayo getting the start. I think that kid's going to be special.
1: I mean, they've done a tremendous job, even with all their stars, getting young guys filtered in. So props to Tata and all that, because it is setting up Atlanta for the long haul. When they do lose guys, uh, you know, they're more expensive, bigger name players.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just speaking of younger players on the other side, you got Julian Gressel, rookie of the year last year. He scored a wonder goal in this one, and you know they're going to need him come playoff time. Uh, they have they have so many weapons that they can, and so many people that can come and get you. It is a fairly balanced squad, all things considered. I, the defense is nothing to write home about, so to speak. But you, I, I can just talk about these players, and they all seem to be able to put in shifts. And you know, when you're playing Atlanta, you know you got to be able to defend against them.
1: Yeah, and it's all about buying into the system. The defenders are. Um, they know that they're going to get isolated. They know that they need to be good with their feet. And they, you know, guys like Leon, Leandro Gonzalez-Pierrez and Michael Parkhurst, a guy whose people at one point thought was over the hill, are, you know, having tremendous seasons. Um, for RSL, I do want to, you know, I feel like this is a tough game to give, you know, take things away from them for, but their away record does not speak well for their playoff hopes. Uh, 3-1-10, 10 losses on the road now. That's the worst uh, road record of any team in a playoff position. uh, To next best is Portland, three, five, and seven, seven losses. So, um, well, I'm with you that this is not looking good for them. uh, You know, it is Atlanta, so grain of salt, that kind of thing.
0: That's fair. I'd say that's fair. I, I didn't. It's like I said. I didn't expect them to win, but had they won. It would have been enough to... Okay, alright, I'm a believer in RSL. So, now I'm still an RSL truther at this point. I don't believe in them just yet. New England Revolution. They hosted the Fire and drew 2-2. Two, two. That, um, that is not ideal. Because... So, I, I wasn't riding the New England bandwagon or any, anymore, really. But I thought, okay, this is they need three here. They didn't get it. And this about buries New England for me now. Because the Fire just so playing so badly and then to to have them come in to the fortress at Gillette Stadium and be able to draw it's just it's it's not good enough
1: yeah uh, it's falling apart for them definitely not there was definitely doesn't definitely really hurts their chances but I don't think they're out just yet five points back five to play with a game in hand on Montreal um they have Orlando um
0: I, th- I think Orlando's getting ready for their first win in a long time.
1: I mean, that's the problem, right? Is that a trap game? It's you. Okay, so that has to be a win. Then you have to, Then you go at Toronto, Atlanta, and RSL. If, even if you just chalk up um, RSL and Atlanta's losses right now, they still have a chance if they beat Montreal and Toronto. Uh, that said, I think it's out of reach for them at this point.
0: Uh, they have they need too much to go their way now. I think that. I think it's all kind of just gotten past them at this point, which is a shame, but I, I do think there's some promise here. I guess my biggest thing would be that if I thought that the ownership was actually, you know, 100% behind this team, I would say that this team just uh, one more reinforcement, you know, get get a big splash signing, a couple depth signings, and they'd be good to go for next season. But I think we both know that the Kraft family, not exactly interested in their little pet project in New England all that much.
1: Yeah, which is a shame because, uh, you know, they have some good pieces right now, and uh, I think Friedel has potential to be a very good manager. He's You know, it's his first year. I thought he started very strong, so we'll see how he adjusts, but there's definitely a lot of work to be done, especially defensively.
0: There is. Uh, so, just about the game. They were the better team. I'm not going to disparage them. They were the better team after Katai's goal in the 20th minute, but it just wasn't good enough. And, uh, you know, if you want the fire perspective, they look dangerous at times, but... Uh, it's it's ap- I think apathy has kind of taken over at this point of the season. You got, it, we're we're to the end now. There's not some people are playing for spots next year. I think that the fire roster will see a pretty interesting overhaul in the off season.
1: Yeah, I agree. We'll see. I mean, maybe we'll see if the they didn't really bring in that many transfers last season. They tried to do a lot of work in the middle of the year. So uh, I would agree that they need to do some overhauls come next season.
0: It would not surprise me if Schweinsteiger called it a career, too. Yeah, that's looking this season like it. I done a number on his, on his psyche. And I mean, the man's playing center back at this point, and not because of his ability, <laughs> out of pure necessity, because the center backs for the fire have been so poor this
1: season. Unfortunately, he gets to enjoy a nice, cold city like Chicago.
0: <laughs> you mean Bridgeview, a nice little town oh, village of, course. of Bridgeview? Yes,
1: the, uh, yeah. the rural Bridgeview Stadium.
0: Uh, Orlando City, Houston Dynamo 0-0 draw. This was a game that happened. That's Romo Kyoto uh, actually scored in the 15th minute, but VAR determined that Adam Grunewis had control of the ball when he dribbled into his own box and dove on the ball. So it was a good call based on the replays that I saw, but I, I got to talk to his union rep here, his goalkeeper's union rep. What are you doing? He's like, he's, he's completely out of sorts there.
1: So that's like a pretty common technique of trying to take the ball back into the box. Right, yeah. But he didn't really have a lot of time to do it, which is interesting because, you know, play it safe, hoof it away. At first I thought, oh, you know, maybe he's just a young guy who just, you know, nerves getting the better of him, decision-making. But he's 26. He's older than me, so i not sure if that oh. was the case. <laughs> oh, man, that's a seasoned vet right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it got called back because he did have his hands on the ball. It is just one of those things where you – don't why risk it you know
0: yeah, there's no need to risk it and it's ah oh man yeah good lucky him I just that's all you really say is the coach you, you got lucky because that's and that's that's the extent of it you let it die there yep but man that was not pretty not a good not a good thing for him uh Columbus crew two one win over the rapids uh, Columbus outshot Colorado 22 to three in this one they had 10 shots on target compared to just one by Colorado. And it was a vintage Zardin's performance in this one. He scores from just outside the six-yard box. Poacher.
1: All right, we're back to it. He had one outside oh. the box, was his last one. So glad he's back on track. Uh, and for Columbus, almost let this one slip, but uh, I'm, they're probably going to be wanting to get a get a home game um, first round of the playoffs, and the Union are on their heels so this ended up being a very strong result for them.
0: It was, and uh, I, for all the FIFA manager people out there, football manager people out there, I'd say I, I'd say they would say that Columbus nearly got FIFA uh, football manager <laughs> because <laughs> man, had they not won that
1: game, yeah, Oof. would have been something Some, else. So re-
0: re- Colorado was reasonably in this game until the end, relatively speaking, in terms of score. Uh, anyway, the impact NYCFC one, one draw in Montreal is very good performance by Montreal to defend their home field and get a good result against a good opponent. Uh, NYCFC. However, they haven't won in six matches now that that did end with beating the fire, but you know how I feel about beating the fire. So, uh, they've completely fallen out. They've let themselves completely fall out of the race for a buy. So it seems like losing manager mid season has not done them any favors. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I would say they're in trouble. Um, it's interesting because, uh, I'm wondering who, who is this a better result for Montreal getting, you know, a draw against a NYCFC team at home. Is that a bad thing? NYCFC being not as good recently, or is it good for NYCFC to go on the road and get a draw?
0: I think it's a good result for the impact. I know, I know the impact haven't, uh, I am I know NYCFC haven't been in great form, but I, I think the impact... These are the kind of games you had to have something out of. And early in the season, they weren't getting anything out of. Remember, they, they went such a long time without a draw that these these kinds of things tell me, all right, look, it, it, it's not an easy one by any stretch. Yeah, you'd rather get the three, especially in their case where they're barely hanging on to that last playoff spot. But again, I, I think it's a solid result. There's too much talent on NYCFC for me to just start saying that even in bad form that you should be beating them at
1: home. Um, going back to Vieira, the, the one thing that I think that he did not... Do that, Jesse Marsh did. His crosstown rival was create a um, a legacy and a um, a culture around his team that could be carried on after he left. I think Jesse Marsh and the Red Bulls had a established culture by the time he left. Uh, it hurts when he a coach like that leaves, but uh, they can they can pick up the scraps, right? They they could say, "All right, let's pick up where we left off." I think with Vieira, we're just not going to see that. Uh, they have the money to make amends, but uh, it's a shame that his legacy uh, won't, probably won't last as long in MLS uh, for NYCFC.
0: Yeah, that, that's all fair points. In case anyone's wondering what Vieira is doing right now, managing over in France at Nice, actually down one nothing to PSG at the moment, so not a not an ideal not an ideal start to the season they're currently in 11th but you know it's early so not bad for don't a get too far ahead of ourselves mid-table
1: there. team
0: yeah so uh the impact opened their lead up over dc and i suppose new england to five points but dc was idle this weekend so they're or well, that past weekend i should say they're back to having two games in hand Our dc and dc versus montreal this weekend massive do or
1: die for dc um they said they gotta have it at dc as well it's gotta be a win uh Montreal then has Columbus Toronto and New England Revolution so you know two teams in the hunt one team in the playoffs and one team that's pretty much out but will be a derby game so um won't be easy for Montreal they do go to New England with the last game of the season so if New England is in it by that point that would be another fascinating game
0: yeah we could have some fascinating matchups these last couple weeks and like you said Montreal does not have it easy going the rest of the way but, uh, yeah, that, that should be a good one.
1: D.C. does get to play Min- Chicago twice, but the way they're playing, I wouldn't say that's as um, great <laughs> mm-hmm. a matchup to have as we would have seen, would have thought.
0: Nah, we'll see. Uh, Minnesota United 3, Portland Timbers 2. Uh, the Timbers won 3-2 midweek over the crew and ended up getting hit by the buzzsaw in Minnesota. It was 3 nothing before halftime, and it seemed like the Timbers would have to head back to Portland with a black eye. They actually did get back into this one a little bit. Alvis Powell, Sebastian Blanco scoring for them. Powell's goal, incredible volley off a corner. Golazo, I think as we'd say in Spanish.
1: I thought uh, you guys said goal with 30 O's.
0: Uh, that's that's a normal goal.
1: Uh, okay, It's just, <laughs> just a normal, normal goal.
0: This, this is a fantastic goal, so it gets a golazo. Yeah, instead.
1: seriously, it was absolutely unbelievable. Unfortunate that doesn't lead to much for Portland um, and their mercurial run of form leading into the playoffs. Um. And they have a tough schedule remaining, two against RSL, Dallas, and at Vancouver, uh, who might also still be in the playoff hunt at that point, being a big game. Uh, Though, we'll see. So tough schedules for them. Minnesota, once again, still pretty decent at home, but horrendous on the road.
0: Yeah, well, RSL slipping in the standings. (laughs) Here we go. Here it comes. After all this time, I will finally be vindicated. I probably won't be vindicated. They'll probably make the playoffs, but just what it was looking like, I might have to accept the fact that not only RSL would be in the playoffs, but they had a real shot at hosting a playoff game. Suddenly, they've been jumped by Portland now, and Seattle's breathing down their neck. So, I I, I don't know that Vancouver or the Galaxy are going to have enough to get past RSL, or that RSL are going to play bad enough, but... That's not an easy run of uh, play for RSL either. you got to play Sporting Kansas City tomorrow in Kansas City. Kansas City likely looking to rebound after losing to the Union. Uh, they'll mm-hmm. have to play Portland at home, which they've been great at home, but that's Portland, and Portland still needs results. So that's not going to be easy. They have RS. They get they to host New England, like we talked about. That's probably a win for them, but then they have to go to Portland. Potentially only three points left in this season for RSL.
1: Yeah, I mean those two Portland games are gonna be massive in that they're both in a playoff spot right now. Could decide who hosts the other one or allows a team like Vancouver or the Galaxy uh, a chance to get the foot in the door.
0: On the flip side, for Van- for Portland, excuse me, Portland have three po- have a three point deficit to make up with LAFC if they want to get up to third. I don't think they'll get there. Their form is a little too inconsistent. But at the same time, I mean we just talked about LAFC kind of heading down a weird path here if they lose Zimmerman too. So anything's possible, certainly, but LAFC do also have a game in hand over Portland.
1: Uh, Yeah, LAFC have nine games, at least, from getting a... So they're safe from the playoffs, at least, but uh, they're going to have to finish strong. They have an easy remaining schedule, but, I mean, if your team isn't that strong, if anyone can score on you, we'll see if that actually helps them.
0: Yeah. We move on to the uh, Sunday games. Like we mentioned, the Philadelphia Union did get that 2-0 win over Sporting Kansas City at home. Uh, they So they also ended Seattle's big winning streak last week. So it was quite the week. I'll tell you, we were heading towards perhaps the best seven days in Union history. And quite frankly, without the Cup victory, I could also say maybe those two wins still are the biggest wins. They, they still are history. massive.
1: The couple kind of bring things down. And uh, I think the big thing for Philadelphia will be seeing if they keep up the level of play they had in those two games. Not that they were great in either. They kind of, you know, they were second best, but they did win and got results and they played very ununion soccer in that they kind of let the other team have the ball, and they let them dictate the game and tried to counter and play off of that. As we saw against Houston, the other th- worked the other way around, and Houston benefited. So we'll see if the union kind of falter because of this or continue strong. Sporting Kansas City, I can only imagine getting stronger from this result.. Yeah. Meanwhile.
0: So I, we ha- I had things to say like, oh my God, how shocking was it that they went to Seattle. They got a man sent off for what was a pretty dumb foul, I had to say, for Jack Elliott to commit in that situation, knowing full well that he's I could, already been booked.
1: I could see why he went for it. He doesn't want the player to get a free run at his back line. Uh, but if you're already booked, you might have to think, eh. I think in his situation, it's... it was about the 89th minute, he thought, just stop them, we'll defend with we'll defend with 10 for the last couple of minutes and get the draw. So it worked out for no, him. The
0: union weren't interested. The union weren't interested in defending. It was a- oh, for Stephen Fry. Oh, my God. Horror. Yeah. Horror. <laughs> the horror. Hey, but you must have felt pretty vindicated there.
1: I mean, so I was not awake for that game because it started at, like, 4 a.m. Oh. <laughs> uh, I will have to admit. <laughs> oh, my God. But, um, yeah, it was – I mean, that was the thing. Fry, I still am not sold on him. I'd like to hear from Seattle fans because they seem to re- give him, hold him in high regard. But he, how many times does he cause – a uh, you know a goal how many points does he lose his team uh, I, I just look at how many other goalies in the, in the league are, have more than one loss on their hands for the Friday we can to say at least this game and at least the LAFC game so he's at you know a cause for four points how many goalies can you say that for maybe Richard Sanchez yeah that's
0: Oh, let's not even go there, but don't, if I have, Oh no. Yeah. I see your point. I, I completely agree with you. We, we've had that discussion too, about players that can keep, then can give you points and players that can lose you points. The goalkeeping position being the one you probably, you, you're all right with just coming out net neutral. You don't need them to win you a lot of points, but man, then when they start losing your points, that's when it gets frustrating.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on his really being worth those mistakes, his ability, but um, Seattle fans seem to love him. They have a lot of respect for him. Um, and he seems to do well in the playoffs. So when that time comes, he should hopefully be ready.
0: Yeah. So FC Dallas went to Vancouver 1-2-1. Backbreaker, I'd say, for Vancouver. They could have moved one point behind Seattle after they finally seemed to have come down to earth a little bit. But uh, even a point would have been okay. But Matt Hedges in the 87th minute gets the second goal for FC Dallas. Secures the three points for Dallas, who did take advantage of, F- of KC's loss. And move to top the West. So, Dallas still just kind of hanging around quietly, leading the West again.
1: Yeah, they they just keep kind of going for it. I don't. They're not as dominant as a uh, kind of the Eastern uh, leaders. I could see them struggling in the playoffs, but having a bye and getting home games throughout it could be very very important for them. Vancouver uh, they needed at least a draw here. They really did. You got it.
0: They had to have something that, that that was not good for them. So. Uh, things not looking up for them. They do still have a game in hand over the Galaxy, who we'll talk about here in a second. But like they're down a point, and it's that inconsistency. I say it again: it's that inconsistency that doesn't make me believe that they can. And they, I, that's just the Galaxy. The Galaxy aren't even in the playoff spot. They're four points behind Seattle, and they played the same amount of games. So yeah, I mean, not ideal.
1: A draw would have put them within three. I think Seattle will be the tougher team to catch between RSL and Seattle, which is interesting given how much space RSL had at some points.
0: Yeah, but, uh, so speaking of Seattle and the Galaxy, the Galaxy, uh, so the Union and the winning streak, and then the Galaxy just completely almost destroy the Mythos within a week, the 3-0 win over this, uh, the Sounders. I I don't want to take too much out of this, because I do think that it, it screams more anomaly than it does, uh, you know, something we can take forward, but the sinking ship that the Galaxy were just a week ago managed to house the Sounders, who couldn't be beat this time last week, so... L.A.'s playoff hopes basically dwindling, but this win does keep them in the thick of the race, three points behind the Sounders. they The Sounders do have a game in hand over the Galaxy. And it could be a troubling sign now that the Sounders have failed to score in back-to-back games. Could the Magic have run out?
1: It's possible. Uh, did they turn it on too early? I don't think so. I I think this is a little bit of a, re- a regression. Nine win. I mean, their ability, nine straight wins, was a little bit out of the ordinary. A lot of 2-1 wins. Um, one goal games so I think this is just kind of a, a bounce back to reality um, there's,
0: regression to the mean yeah
1: they're still a strong team they're still a playoff team and I think they have the tools to be an effective playoff team whereas the Galaxy despite this big 3-0 victory I'd see the other complete opposite side of it and they're a team that could get blown away in the playoffs
0: we'll see like I said the Galaxy's defense is just so bad to see Seattle get completely housed like that is just shocking to not even score Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just rooting for Seattle at this point, but I mean, it's hard for me not to be excited about Seattle's run to get to this point.
1: They went from, yeah. And speaks
0: to how bad they were, by the way, because they're still with five games to go in the season. They're still, after winning like nine straight games are still barely hanging on to that playoff spot now.
1: Uh, they were in a really tough place. Uh, they, they, it was, it was incredible how bad they were, um, but it's not over yet there there is still the hunt and that galaxy win does keep seattle kind of grounded in that race
0: it does and it makes them look a little more human perhaps gives teams below them some hope uh, i did want to mention the fire have been eliminated from playoff contention by the way
1: I, officially I to mention yeah. that
0: officially mathematically congratulations to the fire welcome to the welcome to the club uh, all right we're going to wrap things up here a little bit wanted to talk about couple things outside of this league the uh, gold cup final coming to chicago this summer so that'll be fun
1: that is always a good time where there's only two teams that can ever really win it but uh you know who's gonna been be a while worse? since we had a
0: mexico u.s final though when you really consider it
1: it has been it's been jamaica mexico jamaica u.s in the past two, i believe um good I think we will
0: for jamaica costa rica
1: yeah uh, I don't know. Costa Rica doesn't seem to really <laughs> turn up for it all that much, which is very, very interesting. Um, so it's a chance for U.S. silverware. I think they've only won it like four times or something. Uh, they don't even have, so they don't have that great a history. Uh, very, it'll be a great chance to see some of the youngsters in a real competition. Have to say,
0: uh, you mean the return of Michael Bradley?
1: Oh God, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, I guess I misspoke. Oh no.
0: I hope not, but he'll probably be there. Him, Josie, some others. I mean, I get they can't play a 20... I mean, they can. They choose not to. But I get that the, realistically you can't just field 23 players who are all under the age of 25. It doesn't work that way. But, oh boy, if I wish they could.
1: And I have a feeling Will Trapp will displace Michael Bradley there. Sarah Chan really seems to like him.
0: Uh, well, uh, hopefully by then Sarah isn't the manager.
1: That's true. By then, I think we are. we will be seeing a new... A new because uh, boy
0: if he's still the manager man i gotta tell you
1: what what are we doing <laughs> with ernie stewart is that the decision at that point
0: oh at that point man i'm, t- I'm past ernie stewart i'm firing everybody <laughs> down to the lowliest intern i am firing everybody
1: like yeah you
0: see the rumor that oscar Pereja perhaps now tabbed as the number one candidate for the u.s men's national team job
1: interesting there's always a we, uh, rotating wheel of who's it gonna be uh and at this point i've kind of given up on guessing stewart will just kind of come out of the blue at one point and say oh this is who it is and then i'll i'll react at that point but until then i don't i i don't know <laughs>
0: i see I, I see your point I, I see your point because it is getting kind of tiring yeah like oh one week it's one week it's burr halter the next week it's Vermees, the next week it's Juan, juan carlos it now, osorio Paredes. and juan carlos osorio david tata Martinez. Ta- nah, david Moy started that rumor himself <laughs> that's the difference david Moyes started that rumor top, i top bloke I know, you, you will not convince me that, that anything else tata martin uh, tata martin david Moy started that rumor
1: he's a if, if so that's my new favorite rumor G- genius
0: uh, I, How do you think I should do to get this job? Oh, I know. I'll start a rumor that they're really interested in me.
1: And then here comes Ernie Stewart. Hey, so apparently we're interested in you. You want the job? Boom. <laughs> another master class for Moyes. <laughs>
0: Boom goes the dynamite. I don't know. The United job might open up again soon. Maybe he'll get another crack at that.
1: That is all too true. But not uh, not we, him we getting a, t- a crack at it, but the, uh, the whole uh, job opening up.
0: Oh well, uh, yeah. We haven't talked a lot about Europe, so uh, we'll give this we'll give it a few minutes here. <laughs> we we got to talk about this. What is going
1: on at United? Um, it's his third year curse, Jose Jose Mourinho. I don't know. That's kind of a the fun thing to say, I, I, but uh, kind of the popular. <sighs> oh, it's his third year. He always falls. But there's something to be said for the kind of the players losing faith in him.
0: I, I, you know, I'm a Chelsea guy. I I hold Jose Mourinho in the highest regard, but it it has become abundantly clear to me that the game has passed him by. It's either that, or he literally has gotten to the point where he would rather lose to prove a point than to win. I, I it's the only other way I can think of it because at this point he is clearly throwing a temper tantrum
1: that he didn't get the players he wanted in the summer.
0: He has, I, I mean, he started McTominay in a back three today
1: and then took off Lindelof as the sub and kept McTominay as a center back in a back four. <laughs>
0: Astounding. I mean, it sounds like a joke, right? And look, West Ham probably a little better than they've shown so far. I, at least I hope so for their sake, because, you know, the 0-0 draw against Chelsea last week, I didn't take too much out of that. Chelsea just couldn't score. But the goalkeeper saved the one Morata shot with his face towards the end of the game. So, you know, it was that kind of day. But... West Ham, I think, deserved a little better than what they were getting, which was nearly nothing. So, kind of like the Crystal Palace start last year, where we all thought they were bad, but bad enough to, like, through seven games, they didn't have a single point. No one's ever that bad. No, and they did spend
1: big money for some pretty good players. It's pretty talented guys like Yarmolenko and Felipe Anderson.
0: And, I mean, so, listen to this lineup for United. It's Pogba, Matic, Fellaini, McTominay, Smalling, Lindelof, all on the same... Team.
1: and all playing through the center. It was like he was just gonna say, "Okay, we're just gonna get our biggest team, everyone over six foot through the middle."
0: And then, and then Lukaku and Marshall up top. Like that, that's a striker pairing that does not inspire confidence in me.
1: Yeah, I, I'm think I'm gonna put a little bit of this into West Ham starting to figure it out. But United are not a top six side this year. I don't know.
0: Oh, Ma- maybe think. sixth,
1: but I don't know if they have what it takes to even reach fifth. Oh. With the way things are going. I don't know if I'd go that
0: far. Just with the way things are going. I agree that right? So far, so far, they have not looked the part. But, ah, oh, man. Oh, so, here's the thing, right? So, if this doesn't do it, we're presuming that he's still going to have a job when Manchester United take on Valencia in the Champions League this week, right? We're presuming that Jose Mourinho will still be in charge on Tuesday. But... I mean, what more can it take? Because, we're, I mean, we're starting to get to the point now where it is not getting any easier. Because this was supposed to be a gimme. They couldn't do it. They were probably supposed to beat Derby County at home in the League Cup, and the Carabao Cup, in the Energy Drink Cup. They couldn't do it. They lose on penalties, and frankly, they probably should have lost in regular time. They could not beat Wolves. They... And they're playing Valencia. That's not a gimme. Even at Old Trafford, that's going to be a tough game. They got they got Newcastle going to Old Trafford next Saturday. At this point, I can't even say that they should that they should be beating anybody. But they probably get three there. Their next game will then come after the international break against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge.
1: I think that's and gonna then be they the have one. to play
0: Juventus. That's the one. You think he doesn't make it to Juventus in the Champions League that later that week? Yeah, twenty third of October.
1: If Chelsea wins that game and things don't go well, I think that's the one. <laughs> If things don't I'm go well, if, the, if 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 he does fine, he gets some good results. I think yeah, he can he might make it past Juventus, but
0: I don't I don't know. I think that's my cutoff Juventus. I think I here's the thing. I think if they lose to Valencia on Tuesday, I think that's going to be it. I really do. If they can't beat Valencia at home, and they lose, I think that's going
1: to be it. I just think I think if they it's a little too early. Oh, I don't, okay, personally, I know it's too early. I wouldn't fire him, what? but I also know that this is Manchester United, very high expectations. They want fast, high octane atta- attacking play, and the top three teams we- this year is th- is all that: Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. Possession, attacking, winning the ball back. It's not a defense first mentality, and Mourinho was kind of the guy who brought into play the defense first mentality. Uh, well, he did when he won with Porto and Inter.
0: He's it, it, his style. Look, I get it. He's got his style, just like Pep's got his style. Sorry, he's got his style. Klopp's got his style. I I understand. And uh, believe me, I am the first one that will tell you that I, I don't care for this nonsense that, oh, everyone's got to play attractive. I, I want to win. Like, I didn't... Uh, when Conte was the Chelsea manager, I didn't care. Oh, well, they don't play very excitingly. I, I don't care. I, I want to win. Right, Any means necessary. I don't care if they got to win every game one nothing, And it's got to be an ugly tap-in in the 75th minute every game. But, that, fine. but that's I a risky game. Because winning is, it is a risky game. But winning is winning, right? So when it's working, I'm all right with it. But i got to tell you, when it's not working, it is frustrating to watch. And Conte's second season with Chelsea was frustrating to watch for that very reason. When nothing was happening in attack, it was Chelsea bunkering in. And that is not a fun sight. So I don't know how much longer people are going to be able to put up with this. I, I knew Jose was going to overstay his welcome, and I thought this would be the year, but I did not think it would be this quickly. It would be unraveling this quickly, because it is... I mean, I have never seen United in this much turmoil, because you have the manager fighting with the board, the board fighting with the manager, the players kind of fighting with the manager. He has very clearly lost Paul Pogba.
1: And that's the big thing that kind of has been going around. The results will be one thing, but this there's all this attention being brought around his... You know, spat with Paul Pogba. If that didn't happen, he has come
0: out and said he will never captain United again. Yeah, while he's the guy.
1: But then he also says, "Oh, but he's always going to play. He's our best player. No one trains better than Paul." So, like, he trusts him, but he subbed him off for Fred today. So, there's obviously a a problem there. Does Paul Pogba want to leave? Does he just not trust or believe in Mourinho? I believe that for sure. Of you know, but we'll see for the rest of it. Wow,
0: we will see what happens with that, and uh, believe me, if and when it happens, I will be very interested to see what United's big plan is going forward because that is not going to be easy finding a replacement for Jose Mourinho, especially right now because we talked about it a little bit before. I don't Zidane's out there, but then there's a weird rumor that Zidane's coming to Miami, which would be hilarious, but that's probably not that's not happening. But I mean, let's just say Zidane's not interested, right? Who's next? Is it Antonio Conte? Antonio Conte can't go manage United.
1: There's not that many options, there's really. There's
0: no way. There's no way because if Conte does it, Conte's going to play the same way, I th- and that that ain't going to fly.
1: You're going to have to go with a relative unknown, uh, either a guy from a lower. I don't know. Give like a Frank Lampard a chance.
0: Whoa, well, whoa, well, well, no, 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 no. See, Frankly, I'm 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 saying it now because because I I I want so, somebody somebody somewhere out there. There's got to be a way to place a bet on this. Chelsea's next manager. Because it's—we all know it. Two and three years from now, it's probably going to be a new manager, right? It's probably going to be sorry. My money's on Frank Lampard.
1: Find the find it. I'm sure it's out there.
0: And, uh, Frank Lampard for next Chelsea manager. I don't care. I will put ten dollars on it somewhere. That it, I am telling you, it is happening. I can just—I can see it happening. They've given him Derby County. He's already having success there. Hopefully, he doesn't outgrow it too quickly. But I'm telling you. I think we're going to see Frank Lampard coach Chelsea sooner rather than later.
1: I think it's going to be a little bit further down the line. Chelsea's a little bit of a big step up. I think he'll have, he'll have another step in his uh, in his journey before he gets to Chelsea. Um, it's possible. but It's possible. Yeah. Mourinho, who replaces him? I mean, listen, there's always been a hole after he leaves. The teams do not immediately find success uh, that often. I guess it's not always. Conte did come and... Um, I guess, did pretty well with Chelsea afterwards, right? Yeah, he only won the league. Um, but at Inter Milan, they still haven't really recovered after he left. <laughs> Rafa Benitez came in, true. Uh, really struggled. Uh, then at Real Madrid, Rafa Benitez came in again and really struggled. Maybe Rafa wants to leave Newcastle. Maybe he goes to United. I don't see that. I think he's too attached to Liverpool, a, but that would be the, th- the third time he follows after Mourinho. That's
0: <laughs> not a bad shot. I hadn't even thought of that.
1: I don't see him doing it but it's possible. It's possible he just he might he really hates Mike Ashley in Newcastle. He might just want to get out. I mean,
0: I, it would not shock me if Rafa Benitez is done with Newcastle after this season. That that team shows no ambition to get him any kind of help. Rafa Benitez has proven it to me. I think I think he's had a bad he had a kind of a bad rap there. His run at Chelsea did not go as well as people would have probably liked it to. He you know, his run at Man- at Real Madrid was ah eh, at best. And so, it, you know, it kind of gave him a bad name. It gave him a bad name. So it's for him to go to Newcastle, and I think to get the results that he's gotten, to stick with the project, I think it has been nice enough as it is for him. So I I do think that it would be a possibility that I had not considered to this point. But I I think you're right about the Liverpool thing. I don't know that he'll go there
1: I, out of principle. It's either Who, an outside... He's clearly a man of principle. Yeah, I see it more as an outside hire, uh, someone from like the Portuguese League or something, um, or they give a relative unknown a chance. So... Those are two options I'm giving United after Mourinho. We'll see if that's what they go with.
0: Maybe they'll go with Sean
1: Deitz. I mean, yeah. Maybe get it. Bring another English manager back in. Another Brett. Eddie Howe. Actually, that might not be a <laughs> bit bad choice. Sean Dyche or Eddie Howe? Eddie Howe. I think that would fit. Eddie
0: Howe can't do it. I think, Eddie Howe, I think Eddie Howe is actually pretty grateful that like he gets to coach at Bournemouth. I don't think he's that good. Bournemouth has some good, good attacking
1: flair. I don't know. He
0: does. He does. It, but I'm saying at Bournemouth, I think it's perfect for him because he gets to do things like that and people love him because he just he, he's keeping them in the Premier League. I think if you put him at United, I think he'll collapse the way David Moyes did.
1: I, I, I It's hard to argue it, to be honest. It's very big expectations
0: it is huge expectations so that's why the next manager hire has to be kind of carefully selected and i agree mid-season not a lot of options so we shall see so anyway i think that that about done. we i said let's talk about europe and we basically just talked about manchester united but that's fine i th- they're they're entertaining enough on their own gonna watch chelsea and liverpool here in a few minutes yeah national tv what do we got national tv today later today 2:30 eastern on univision lafc chicago fire national game for lafc that's great but for the fire oh boy uh, i hope and i pray that the fire just get in there and get out without getting too embarrassed so that's that's all i got for them good luck good luck to the fire uh sunday 1 p.m eastern espn new york red bulls host atlanta united supporters shield basically on the line here no bradley red phillips for new york do they still have what it takes
1: that's the big question
0: Big question. We will find out Sunday, five, uh, later on Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern FS1 Sporting Kansas City RSL Sporting Kansas City look to make amends for frankly embarrassing two nothing loss against the unions B team and RSL hope to not lose their playoff spot. They need a result. That should be a
1: big one. So what's your match of the week then?
0: Uh, I'm going with the LA Galaxy Vancouver Whitecaps uh, because uh, that's six and se- or seven and eight, excuse me, in the MLS standings to this point, And I'm really excited for it.
1: Loser might be out. <laughs> Loser
0: might be out. This could be lo- this could be an elimination game in some sense. What about you?
1: So I'm picking uh, D.C. United versus Montreal, uh, similar uh, on the East Coast. I'm going to pick that over the big-budget uh, Red Bull-Atlanta game just because of playoff implications. D.C. really need a win to make ground, and you know we'll see if Rooney, Acosta, and co. can get it done. Anyway, that's Yeah. You yeah, had yeah, something to add to that? I'm sorry. I want to cut asking. you off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had one more thing I wanted to talk about okay. with you. Your flight to South Africa, how long was it? Fifteen hours. Fifteen hours, okay. Uh, I don't know how long a flight is to South America, but let's presume it's similar when you're going from, say, a northern city in the U.S. to a southern city like Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. Uh, This this has a point, by the way. There is a rumor out there that MLS teams want to participate in the Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana, the uh, Champions League of the South American continent. And I, I I don't know that we've ever talked about it on this show, but I wanted to briefly mention to people that maybe getting their hopes up. Don't get your hopes up too much because a our, our best teams ain't going. Our best teams are still playing in the cha- in the CONCACAF Champions League. But being more importantly, Emmett, you flew that flight. You tell me if you had to play a game two days from there, what do you think? How do you think you would have done? Oh, and I know you're not a professional athlete, but cool. let's just
1: pretty dang close. Uh, okay, d- yeah. fair. It would be dreadful. It would have been dreadful, right? Yeah. Well, so I don't think it's it'd be, not ideal, guys. I don't think it'd be 15 hours. I think it'd probably be more like ooh, 10, 9.
0: Depends on where you're going. I mean, yeah. I guess if you're going from, say, if Orlando was going to Colombia, that's not a terrible flight. It's actually probably almost the same as going to Seattle for them. Yeah. Frankly.
1: Um, so. And no, it's, it's so it's a really good opportunity for these teams to grow their brand and even scouting. Just seeing players in other teams in other countries. Um, I want it to happen I'm not I'm not saying that I think it's a
0: terrible idea I just think that people need to pump the brakes a little bit before they get too excited because that's that's terrible it's a that it's is a, a lot it's a big decision
1: flying. very big decision
0: yeah so I, I hope that someday there's travel like some, there's some kind of breakthrough in travel that can get you there faster without you know really breaking down the body by the way uh, a flight from New York City to Buenos Aires Argentina is 10 hours and 55 minutes so basically 11 hours
1: yeah that's not pleasant uh, um that is not good it kind of brings ab- aboard uh, another problem that uh m l s teams <laughs> get it aboard yeah <laughs> no pun intended uh that u s teams can only charter three flights a year or something to away games yeah so we'd have limited. to get
0: i that would have to get left there's no way they could not they could fly coach to South America yeah, unbelievable if that would, if they'd have to do
1: that I mean, that would be so absurd. with the rest of us commoners.
0: Yeah, seriously. I don't want to fly next to Fafa Pico and Dom Dwyer. Ugh. Can you imagine him just
1: chewing his gum the whole time? God, it be so <laughs> aggravating.
0: It would be aggravating. So yeah, I, I want p- people to pump the brakes on that a little bit. I love the idea. I would love for that to happen because I love those competitions, but it's just, it's not, it's not realistic right now. I don't think it is. And it, I did the math or not the math. I did like the standings, right? Because I said to myself, okay, well, like, let's base it on the Mexican model. Let's say, that we do send teams. It will not be the top four teams or the, the four teams that get CONCACAF Champions League places. Those teams are going there. CONCACAF has no interest in losing their top competition, right? So you'd be getting Sporting Kansas City and I believe Portland. If I did my math. Or not, I'm, I did that wrong. NYCFC and the New York Red Bulls would be next up. Assuming they don't win MLS Cup. That's not a bad, there's not bad teams to send down there for that big competition. But again, you just heard me. Those are the fights they might be taking. Yeah, that. And these squads are pretty thin, as is, comparatively.
1: It would be a big step, but not one that I think we're ready to take.
0: No, we're not. All right, now we're
1: ready to take it home. Uh, that's all the time. Under an hour. Oh, 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 we're almost there. Let me let me just finish it up. <laughs> we, can, I mean, we can talk a little bit longer if we want. Uh, that's all the no, time we I, have I nothing. this week on the American Soccer Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us and check out past episodes. Wherever spot, uh, you can find podcasts, Spotify is one, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, <laughs> Um, for all your American soccer needs, until next time, I'm Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantor.
0: Amazon, home to products. Are we there yet? I've been told that we are. I don't know how. I think on tune-in radio or something.
1: So all you have to say is, Alexa, play American Soccer Show. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs>